0: And wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.
1: Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. And yay, international break is over. Well, like for maybe a couple of days and then it's back. (laughs) Uh, Then MLS won't stop uh, because why would a league do such a thing during international break? Um, We'll talk a lot. Uh, We're going to be both an international and a domestic club podcast today uh, as we reset the current state of Toronto FC uh preview both matches this week against uh, two of the top teams in the east and in the league in general uh so yikes uh give us we're going to give our thoughts on uh the nations league final in canada's uh capitulation to the united states 2-0 on that uh and then we will read your answers to this week's burning question presented by next door so lots to get into lots to to talk about after we've uh, took an international break ourselves uh last week uh, with my co hosts Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker guys, how you doing I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the week off I think all three of us were just incredibly busy last week, and we all realized like that this it just wasn't gonna gonna happen
2: we took our bye week uh, yeah we just should have uh we should have mentioned it earlier,
0: but we definitely took our bye week in tandem with the, with the Reds yeah, I think man, to be fair i think we're all planning on eventually doing a show last week and just as the week game progressed it just became busier and busier and and less time and less time i don't know about you guys but for me it's it's wedding season and a lot of Mm. weddings right now uh going around but it's fun i mean weddings yeah i mean Oh no! I have to go to an open
2: bar and eat delicious
1: yeah. food. <laughs> it, it depends on which me. wedding yeah. you're going to, man. Some no, you, you it can know, get
2: work. it can get it can get dreadful after a while. Like you, certainly in moderation, you know. They start to lose all meaning when it's one weekend after the other, like uh, like all things, you know. Which is funny because I have a
1: wedding this weekend to go to myself. I already did my wedding, so like every time I go to a wedding now, it's great because I can
2: drink other people's food and drink other people's <laughs> booze, and I don't have to. Well, worry I'd, about I'd, it, yeah, so. drink. I also like to drink other people's food. I'm doing that little, in that little thing there. Uh, uh, anything, anything to avoid talking about soccer for another two, two and a half minutes because I know it's coming. But yeah, yeah, it's marg season for me. I uh, I bought a blender. We got a blender, and I'm going to I'm going to test it out this evening. Uh, proper marg season. I wanted to have one ready for right now, but. <laughs> Sorry guys, it just uh the fates did not align, but uh maybe next week I'll have a I'll have a marg on display. Oh. Are you a bartender, Jeff, or what? I have been. Uh in, in my travels. Absolutely I have been. Um used to 10 bar like crazy, mostly because I couldn't stand serving tables. If I had to choose between one <laughs> or the other. I have I have the bartender's patience. You know, people approach you and they're nice to you. Servers, everybody's mean to you. They also approach you but they're terribly mean to you. So yeah. I, uh, I chose bartending over over serving oh, so long ago.
1: No, fair enough. I um, mean, look, like I for me, obviously, um, you know, wedding season is although I don't have as many weddings, I, I did have a stretch where it felt like I was having a wedding every single weekend and everybody was getting married. Now it's kind of slowed down. Everybody's kind of done the thing now. So I don't really need to do yeah. that. It's usually maybe one or two during the season. Um, But this one's gonna be lovely. It's gonna be like in a farm in Peterborough. It's crazy. Um, Nice. uh, nice. So it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really nice. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, We'll see how the weather weather permitting. we'll see how the weather goes. But um, anyway, that's. uh, I don't think everybody tuned in to see what our (laughs) wedding uh, season plans were. Though I have got a really nice. uh, Okay, so really quickly before we get into the show, you were all on me on my summer fits. (laughs) um mm. at the game a couple weeks ago i now have a suit that is in and around the same color um that i am going to be rocking of course this you do wedding.
0: of course the suit is that color yeah like not the yeah. shirt or the Close. tie not the not, actual not suit. texture
2: the suit yeah no yeah. if he wore a if he wore a matching shirt and tie he'd be the joker but like <laughs> no no, no, Where, no. where's I think, the same from it's... yeah
1: it, it is a more suit more that uh, more is here okay, on the hill and yeah. hamilton took care of me um, I have normal like looking suits like a black suit and a gray suit like the they're, they're classics right but you also need a little stuff like you can't just always go in with the same old gray suit or the same like you got to have something that has a little bit of style to it you know what I mean mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. uh that's what I'm gonna be rocking for this wedding also it's really like, hot to... so even if it is light like and breezy. super hot yeah exactly if it's like super mm-hmm. hot out at a wedding like there's nothing worse than going to a wedding and you have to wear a suit and it's like a big woolen suit or like a big like like you know, one of those normal suits, and you're just super yeah, you're hot in it McDonald's. all the time.
2: Yeah, you're, yeah you yeah. Know. Turt's McGertz is you're reading you're reading their mind, right? Now. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it's so it's horrific. Yeah, that's why you he, wear three piece and you, you strip you know? down to the waistcoat and the shirt sleeves, and your jacket never existed. I'm not on a three piece uh, feel though. I'm, I'm just I'm a two piece. I'm a two piece guy. Three pieces, pretty, pretty, pretty top shelf, my friends. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that
1: I just wanted to inform you of that. So there will be more summertime new fits. I want
2: updates. I want to know, know if, if you got yelled at for showing up the bride, showing up the groomsmen, you know, rocking in with your, There's no with way your I'm easy do that. breezy. Well, no, you no know, it's, a, it's an interesting sartorial choice. You're certainly not going to blend into the furniture. So I, my, that's my update. I want to know. I want to know if you got any words. Uh, of of polite criticism, like you know,
0: maybe I'll let I'll
1: let, I'll let you know. I'll let right. you um, know. I'm really good with. I the, don't know uh, why
0: I just thought about Lorenzo Insigne when he first got off the plane and came <laughs> to Italy. <laughs> he was rocking his Celine jumpsuit. Yeah, <laughs> that that's no, something I'm, I'll never forget.
1: No, think about uh, press conference uh, Federico. Yeah, uh, no, think, think about Bernadeschi. If in if, in if, white white coat. With a big yeah, L, like yeah. Laverne and Shirley looking like with uh, diamond earrings. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, That's what I'm mm-hmm. going for, you know, with like, you know, a quarter, not even a quarter, like a, you can't, like a 116th, not even 116th. I don't even know how you, I don't even know if it's a fraction for the type of uh, wealth. That I have compared to Lorenzo Insigne, but that is not what you all <laughs> tune into the podcast to, uh, to listen to. You do want us to talk about your Reds, so let's dive into that. Um, look, the last time we had a show, uh, there was a disappointing draw uh, away in Austin. Uh, they come home to play Nashville, and for most of the game, it looked good. Like most of the game they looked okay. It looked like they were going to you're going to walk away with three points. Lorenzo Insigne scores a really great goal. Um and and things looked great and then the return, the return of Squid Hands uh comes back mm-hmm. and Sean Johnson. Ooh. Um before we get into sort of just just a really quick recap of of that game and sort of and then resetting sort of where we're at in TFC land. Guys, you were both at the game. Um uh, what did you sort of see what your recollections and, and your just thoughts um, just about sort of dropping those three points uh, against Nashville at
0: home? I actually pretty wasn't at the exit. game. Yeah, so, it was a pretty sad exit. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I just wasn't at the game. I was actually at a wedding. Uh, funny enough, wedding so. season. Wedding season strikes <laughs> <corrects laughs> us all. Wedding season. So I, that's actually the one game I've missed so far this year. So I don't really have much to say on it other than, yeah, just another draw.
2: Yeah. Jeff? I mean, you know the the boo birds for for Bobby Bradley are, are slowly lessening, uh, but we'll see what happens at the next home match after this this stretch of, of hellish uh, hellish existential crisis games. Um, yeah, I mean, you you described it. You know, the team the team were playing okay. Uh, Berna was in that that ten role that I would never expected to see him in again. Uh, they were cooking. You know, Lorenzo pulls off a, a Lorenzo, and then. Uh, you know, the same the same old, same old, un- unable to defend the game. Bob's sub- substitution strategies, if you can even call them that, leave a lot to be desired. Um, you know, why was Adama Diamande and Ayo Akinola on the bench? Uh, I'm pretty sure neither of them are going to see minutes ever again. And, and there they are taking up two spots on the bench. Uh, you know, the game's calling for an attack, attacking noose and we don't even see them. So So it was just a lot of confusion. Again, and then on a personal note, you know, that was Gavin's last game of his vacation. and We couldn't even win one for Gavin. So there was a, it was it was a bit of a disappointing egress from the stadium. Uh And then, of course, you know, our ta- our minds turned to to Nations League and we're eventually going to uh, going to have to discuss discuss that nightmare. Yeah, well, it is. Sorry, was Dio me. on the bench? Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't. I don't it's think been Dio a while, was... guys. Uh, I think Turtz yes. is saying that as well. Um, so who was on the bench? It was it was Io and uh, another attacker that that isn't going to get any minutes. But regard oh Peruzza, it was uh, Io and Peruzza that were on the bench. Yeah,
1: yeah. and, and you hey, look, I, I think. We- re-watching the game afterwards right like a, a you there were some things that you could like out of the performance and you if you want to try to take away positives look i understand if there are like fans who just don't want to take away any positives from the fact you dropped mm-hmm. three points at home the way they did um and that's i can understand that but i think there were some positives in terms of i think there was a, a bit for a while at least a level of intensity that we hadn't seen for a bit Um, and, and obviously look, you, you pay Insigne and you pay Bernadeschi to make these moments of magic, uh, when you need them. And we talk about them a lot and he was able to do that. And it feels like he's starting to cook a little bit. Like he's starting to, to, to pick up and feel a lot more comfortable, uh, in the lineup and with the team, which is really interesting considering this is really happening after that article from Paul Tenorio and from our friend, Josh Cloak. Um, And from Tom Bogart, right, like that drops and it feels like the team sort of either rallies around what was said, maybe in sort of like a major league way. If you've ever watched a movie, Major league, you know, like Mm -hmm. in in that sense, uh, that that's kind of what it feels like. But we can't get past the fact that it is three straight draws after the two one win Um, in a lot of ways. Again, sometimes points dropped if depending on how you look at it. I guess right now, and Mike, maybe I'll start with you and I'll come to you, Jeff. Just what would you call the state of Toronto FC going into sort of this second half of the season now that we're kind of at international window <laughs> and this is sort of the window we've been talking about where you're at Nations League and Gold Cup's about to start. Um, you know, what would you call the state of Toronto FC
0: at the moment? Yeah, not good enough, I guess, would be what I would say. Um You know, if if you want to take it an optimistic viewpoint uh, on sort of what's what's remaining the rest of the way, when you look at back at the first half of the season, there weren't that many games in which TFC were completely played off the park, right? There was a couple, and a lot of it, you know, maybe with the exception of that Philadelphia game, a lot of it was because they were so injured and so banged up, so. Now you're starting to get guys that are healthier, uh, back into the mix. So, you know, the hope is that this team with, as you just mentioned, Mike, with Sydney looking like he's starting to, to cook and, you know, maybe Bernadeski's rejuvenated, I guess, a little bit in that number 10 role. Um, maybe there's a way that they can they can rally something together here. That's the way they have to believe. That's the way they have to think. There are positives when it comes to this team. And, you know, big picture, again, I didn't watch the game against Nashville, but big picture, when you're facing Nashville, who we we know this, they're a really good team. They're a really good team in the Eastern Conference. So if you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about a 1-1 draw, in which the way that you lost the game was by a really bad goalkeeping error by a guy who is so reliable and so steady. And Sean Johnson, if, if it wasn't for the fact that they were in such a rut, you'd be like, okay, you know, like mm-hmm. decent, decent showing, good performance. We, we probably should have had three points there, but yeah, that wasn't the case. And it's not the case overall. This team is drawing a lot of games. I'm sure it's taking a toll on them, but the season, as we said all along, it's, it's a very, very, very long season. Um, in major league soccer and of course they're about to embark on a really tough stretch but if they can find a way to get through this stretch and you're picking up some points who knows who knows what can happen Hmm.
2: i've been searching for for my answer to this and i was going to i was going to call them you know what's this what what, what would you call tfc at this stage in the season i would have said frustrating merchants merchants of frustration but i think i'm also going to uh call them coulda should woulda fc uh because it's it you know it's like what mike just said you know all things being equal all things considered yeah a goalie of any quality elite to bush league is going to have a howler right you know it that's just par for the course so it's it's un it's completely unfair to expect perfection from anybody But it's this collusion of all of these things that in a bubble would be just fine. But when multiplied into this snowball of pain that is Toronto FC right now, it becomes infuriating. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's just everything all at once. And then you get takes that seem reasonable, you know, um... Uh, Gray Reed's take, for example, uh, and it's a, it's a bit of a scroller, but with Mike saying that overall they haven't played off the pitch, it's frustrating that ownership won't allow them to buy a third DP that could push them to win these close matches. You know what? I, I, I'm going to lessen my impact here because Gray did say could. But, you know, the takes that are coming out of the water, like if only this, then that. And if only this, but this. like it, we're, all, we're It's a ship without a rudder right now because there is, there is nothing that you can depend on and you can't trust anything. It's like you were saying, Mike, you know, Lorenzo suddenly coming to fruition, you know, reaching a 10th or, or, you know, a a, a 10th of a 10th of what his potential with TFC could be. But it's not because of performances on the pitch. It's more easily attributable to stuff that's going on behind the scenes that's having an impact on team cohesion. So everything is topsy-turvy with this club right now. And we're going into a stretch where we're losing our best player plus plus. So it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to, you know, find, find something to, to hang your hat on with this club. It really, really is. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna take a uh, look, it's disappointing right the state of the, the the state of this club is disappointing, right? Like I think that's just the way I I think, is, I think. I think
2: frust- frustrating more than disappointing because frustrating is a more active emotion. like this team finds new ways to frustrate you. you know what I mean and it finds new ways to like challenge the truths that you hold dear about how MLS works and how soccer works and and how team building and roster management works. You know, it really has put into sharp relief, at least for me, the truths that like what I thought were inarguable truths about how MLS works and how teams are built and all that sort of thing. It's it's so wacky. But I think we, uh,
1: you know, I I, also, I get what you're saying, and I think you're you're not wrong there. I will go with disappointing, and I think the reason it's disappointing is because you see the pieces there that could make this team really good, right? Like there, the pieces are there. It's like. It, it, is it a perfect build? No. Um, is it definitely uh, here for a good time, not a long time kind of build? Yes.
2: Um,
1: but Someone's you, watching
2: Bachelor in Paradise. Can <laughs> <laughs> But,
1: but anyway, like, you, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, you know, I think there's you see it, right? You see if if the sort of stars align properly and everybody's sort of firing, not maybe on their top four, but you get the most are, are firing on top form. I and you get a few guys that are kind of in mid forward there. Then I think you're a playoff team. Like I don't, I don't know if you're winning the shield or anything like that. But I think you're a playoff team, and I think you're a comfortable playoff team. But if you look at the standings right now, um, you know the the top five teams in the East, I believe, are the top four teams in the East, are also the top four teams in the shield race, right? The the mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference this year is tough. It's really, 100%. really tough to be good in the Eastern Conference here. Like, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, we're we're going to get into the previews in a second but we're about to play a team that could break the points record, right? Like they're, they're mm. on pace to potentially break the points. Record another team, FC Cincinnati, Cincinnati. <laughs> FC Cincinnati, one yep. spoon, FC, WKRP Cincinnati, from just two FC. Seasons ago. Oh are about it's, to yeah, Maybe break they, the points record. So like they you're, gave you're, us
2: how many million dollars for Nick Hagelin. That's yeah, still, but it's down. Now, still, now, yeah, now exactly. it's turned
1: around and they paid it off. Right. They made and and mm. look, it, it a lot of people jump on the fact that Cincinnati made a coaching change and they made a GM Mm -hmm. change and they sort of, you know, they made the move they needed to make in harsh times to get them to where they've gotten. Now it's, it's hyper accelerated. I think it got there faster than they even could have planned. But at the same time, you know, there is this sort of feeling that like TFC have pieces here. It's not complete, but it's got, they got pieces that should make you a playoff contender. And for, know whether how much you want to buy into the article the the tenorio cloak bogart article um that you Mm -hmm. know there are people in the club that say it's bogus there are a lot of people who you know believe it as as gospel Mm something is going on behind the scenes and it is i think you need to include
2: kyle's uh comments about lorenzo and berna not getting along that have been debunked mostly but that certainly plays into the uh into into the narrative because well, there's, there's enough yeah, smoke yeah, there's there smoke everywhere something, something yeah, yeah.
1: right so like you know, mm. from that perspective i think you know you can you can say that th- you can be disappointed in the fact that there are things maybe behind the scenes that are causing this and of course and then the injuries right like that is the other big factor that you can't get away from so mm. i think right now the state of this team is you know is disappointing and you're trying to hang on and you're trying to hang on till after this international break and then you know, hope for the best in after League's Cup, right? Because you got this stretch going through, and, and we can jump into it now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going into Cincinnati on Wednesday, going into away to the best team in the league, five points clear at the East, five points clear at the at the Shield standings as well. Mm-hmm. They're four zero and one in their last five matches, so one four and only drawn one um they're scoring goals for fun they're defending really well you know they they, we just lost we just tied nashville they're five points up on nashville in both the shield and the east great time to play them right like you know like it just (laughs) when you're when you're gonna be down your your top your top two goalkeepers um Mm -hmm. uh, you know and and you're going against you know two big threats there that are that have really been playing well in lucho costa and alvaro uh barrel and i guess my my question is w- how should tfc fans feel about going into these next two games Um you know maybe start with cincinnati and then we'll go into new england but how should we be feeling going into these matches
0: um oh yeah I'll, I'll go first <laughs> um, yeah i know it's hard because
2: this is well this no is he tough. said mike that's why i didn't jump in i'm trying yeah. not to oh, did people this this week yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. uh my bad no so worries. Cincinnati is a perfect 9 0 at home this season. TFC are one of three teams in Major League Soccer that have yet to pick up a win away from home. And, of course, their last away win is almost a year ago. Uh, that was back, I believe, in August against Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Seen that stat enough times. So how should they feel? You're going to be going in with... Not your first, not your second, your third string goalkeeper. And Greg Ranget saying it. A guy who hasn't played an MLS game in over two years. A guy who's never played an MLS game for Toronto FC. Um, a guy who hasn't played a game in general, except for, you know, some T2 minutes in two, over two years. So you're going to be missing. Richie Larea or sorry, Richie Larea knows that we're going to be there for Wednesday. They are game, gonna we're there, still yeah. going to be missing. Oh, okay, good. So after. yeah, it's Saturday. So comment
2: comment, comment thread. I know it's way back up there that the question was asked, but you just got your answer. I was I was pulling for you guys. I was
0: going. Well, that, that's for much. Wednesday. On Saturday, mm-hmm. and my understanding, based on what Bob was saying today, is that those guys will be gone for Saturday's match against New England. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, back to yeah. back to Wednesday's means-
2: this could potentially be
0: Richie's last game in a TFC shirt coming up. Yeah, let, let's talk about that in a bit for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Wednesday against FC Cincinnati, I mean, you want to talk about tall tasks? There's no taller task than that. And the good news, I guess, for TFC fans, if yes, we're going to be missing our two goalkeepers, but Cincinnati are also going to be missing some really important players, especially Matt Miazga at the back, who's been really, really good. Uh, for them Mm -hmm. defensively. And then also Brandon Vasquez up front, who's obviously probably their best goal scorer. So, uh, you know, there's no reason (laughs) to be honest. There's no reason to believe that TFC can go out there and get this done. That being said, it's Major League Soccer. It's Gold Cup season. This is where craziness kind of happens and who knows Mm -hmm. what can happen. And if you get good performances out of guys that you need good performances out of, who knows? Who knows?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, turts once again reading my mind. Uh, they said, you know, for Greg thing, uh, that one preseason half was great. I was, it was. screaming, screaming. Was it, wasn't wasn't that minutes. last preseason? That wasn't even this preseason. Yeah, yeah, it was last <laughs> preseason. What is time? What is time? <laughs> it's not like it's not like we've seen any more of him since then.
0: Yeah, that's um, true.
2: You know. The question has to be asked because we were assuming that the front office of this team are smarter than we are. Why did we sign two goalkeepers knowing full well the gold cup was coming and they were going to get called up to their national teams?
0: That seems like
2: an enormous, enormous mistake.
0: I think, I think Jeff, you're right. Like hindsight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, but I do think Sean Johnson, it wasn't a sure thing that he would be called up for both this nation's league and gold cup he's in the mix but there's a lot of goalkeepers that are in the mix for that u.s men's national team program and they've done Mm -hmm. rotation at times so it wasn't a guarantee that he'd be called up but yes there was a risk thomas romero he was barely involved in el salvador i believe um for a good period of time i'm not sure when he first received his call up for el salvador um, but I think for him to become a regular in that team, it's just been, it's just been recent, uh, re- more mm. recent development. So, so you know, more bad luck, just, it, it wasn't bad planning as much as it's just, um, bad um, no, no, that's not what I'm saying at all, but mm. it, it's not like they knew 100% before they signed these guys that they no, were gold- going to be called up for the gold cup, but you had an idea I feel you.
1: Like, especially with John no, I, Johnson, like John Johnson has been going to the Gold Cup quite consistently um, for the past, I think, three Gold Cups. So mm-hmm. you knew you were at least going to lose him for the Gold Cup. And, you know, in nations, I like, guess you're right, Mike, like in terms of the U.S. men's national team, you know, he's in that mix um, with Zach Steffen. Those Steffen's fallen off now. Matt Love Turner's obviously. Clip. Yeah. Yeah. Like Matt Turner's clearly the number one at this point. Um, there are a few other goalkeepers sort of in the mix. But really, they lean to Sean Johnson and, and sort of things that he's talked about, you know, in terms of his conversations with, like, Greg Burhalter and other people within the U.S. campus. They bring him in a lot for his leadership, the same reasons TFC brought him to the club, right? So yeah. I, I think even though, like, no, you couldn't have predicted that he'd get called up for both competitions, mm-hmm. you kind of knew that was a possibility. And with Thomas Romero, sure. like... Uh, You know, I think that even when we signed him, the rumblings were there that this could be a possibility, right? Like, you know, this wasn't necessarily something that came out of the blue. I think we all knew this was actually a realistic that we were going to lose both um, during this time. So although, look, you're not signing players based on like, we're going to lose them for two weeks, so let's not sign them. But you know, Mm -hmm. you, you kind of, maybe you don't sign both, right? Like maybe you find a way to, it's a catch
2: 22. You want a quality player. The chances are they're going to be not international. If you know what I mean? And I, I, at the end of the day, you know, like Mike said, hindsight, 2020, I don't think if it had been, if I, if I'm in the position to shine to sign Sean Johnson after working that hard to procure him from that crowded free agent market, I, it's certainly a concern that I might lose him, but I'm still popping the champagne because we got him signed to the team. So you know, I can I can see that happening. It's more the second string guy, you know, to to create the situation where you're going to have to go to your third string keeper, or maybe go to TFC two starting keeper. You know, there's a good chance Luca Gavarin gets gets the start over Ranjit Singh. Um, that to no, me seems study. seems like. You think so? I don't They've know. Already announced I don't know. They announced. Oh, it. they have. They have. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, it, to me, it just it just seems like you know too big too big a bet, uh, and it didn't. And and like all things with our club right now, we rolled snake eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Like, definitely at this point now, it seems like. Uh, pretty unfortunate situation they've been drawn in also the idea was that they wouldn't necessarily be in this position right now where they absolutely needed to pick up three points every match yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. had some leeway and some wiggle room here to you know potentially lose a couple points that's fine And right. this gold cut but season. those
2: roll but that those rolled those rose colored glasses planning we've seen it manifest in disaster so often that like, we have to g- ask these questions. i guess like they, there has yeah, to be better guess, planning for the,
0: yeah. Do you, do you plan your team? Does that affect your signings based on the gold cup? Well, that's what Should I was that, saying,
1: right? Like, that's what
0: I'm saying. Like, I don't I think, think you it sh- necessarily. I, I think it, well, yeah, ahead. I just don't think
1: you necessarily were like, I know they weren't worrying about the gold cup, right? They weren't saying like, well, we're going to lose <laughs> these guys for two weeks. So let's not sign Thomas Romero. Right? Yeah. Like, like clearly you don't, but at the same time, I think, you know, as you're planning out a season and you're planning out and you're mapping out where you're getting points, where you may not get points, where it's an opportunity to steal something here. You know, they probably look at the gold cup as maybe an opportunity to steal some points from other teams, right? Cause other teams are going to be affected by call-ups, right? Either to the U S men's national team or Canada or for other CONCACAF nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you don't necessarily go and make the move for Tom, Thomas Romero though. Look, all all accounts are he's a very talented goalkeeper and one that we've for never the seen. Future. He's so and we won't see when we need him. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now you won't like obviously Sean Johnson's going to be yeah. your number one, and you know, but he's still really young as a goalkeeper. I think he's like twenty four or something like that. Like he, for a goalkeeper, he's a baby. So you know, from that perspective, you know, you 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 do go pick up that talent and you see what happens. But I mean you're now going into the top team in the league. Um, mm-hmm. and you're and you're going into their barn where as you said, Michael, they haven't lost a game yet. Um and, they've and won watched, every single game. They, yeah, they've yeah. won every single, they've yeah. only lost one yeah. game all year. Um, so Cincinnati, you know, you you're and yes, okay, you're losing Vasquez, but you still have Lucho Costa, who has eight goals and two assists and is playing Unreal right now. And yeah, Alvaro Barrial um you know a left midfielder a winger um with two goals and four assists right they're still playing um so you know you you you'll we'll have to see how this pulls out but it doesn't feel like a game where you know tfc goes on the road and maybe steals one right this does feel like kind of like how cincinnati went last year um which was not great
0: mm-hmm.
2: this might be uh you know another uh 2018 houston where you know tonight the role of Agar Akeche will be played by uh, Mark Anthony K. No. Uh, well a lot of the like regulars it, will be there for Wednesday right like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will they be playing in in their regular position or will they will be the, they be platooned wherever you know it's uh I don't have a lot of faith. I don't have a lot of faith. I think that's coming through that. <laughs> well I think look I, and I think, I, it does I think be- we're going to get
1: Molly walked. Well, I think it speaks to again this question around the state of TFC, right? I think there there is a malaise not just in the club but also in the fan base in terms of, you know, what what is this club? Where is it going? Um, you know, you get a week off, and that kind of sort of lets people step away, and and but at the same time, you know, you're you're going back in, under the microscope on Wednesday. The mm-hmm. expectations aren't very high. Um, for a result here, you know, and even with essentially as health, like, I guess, as healthy as a team as you can possibly mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. at the moment, you know, now we, you know, like you're mm-hmm. okay, no Michael Bradley, you know, um, but generally speaking, everybody else would probably be 11 on the side of maybe Matt Hedges um, is available. Yeah, it's a question mark. Yeah, right. Yeah. So,
2: you know, from that point. But perspective, if they get
0: Hedges back,
2: we're winning hey I didn't see Christian <laughs> Gutierrez on the on the questionable list does that mean he's available for selection on Wednesday
0: he's available yeah he's back in training today yeah, He Kobe minutes for
2: t2 but
1: Kobe Franklin's essentially taking that spot now right yeah. like in terms yeah of... we have a
0: surplus
2: of of left backs now that's great we all well, of our left backs are healthy the rest of the team is on fire that's that's fantastic I mean, yeah Kobe's
0: I te- technically a right back and I mean Good. if you guys want to we can talk about Richie's situation yeah go for it a little bit yeah go for it like it could be his last game in a toronto c-shirt um we have 11 days remaining i believe until his contract technically expires as of today bob bradley's not willing to publicly you know share um what exactly is going on there with richie but i'll paint i guess I'll illustrate the scenario for you guys, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Hit me where so, it hurts, Mike. Here it comes. <laughs> You're going to make G-Money cry. There we go. I guess for me, like the question I have for you guys is, if you could remove Richie Luria from this roster and instead sign a TAM striker, would you do that? Absolutely not.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Like, like talking like, about the the only ahead, bright
2: yeah. spark on the team. We're talking about easily the most valuable player on TFC this year. We're talking about a local hero. I mean, we're t- listen. At some point, I'm going to have to say it. I am so n- not into soccer right now as a consequence of, of, of what I experienced uh, with the Nations League last night. And I know we'll get there, but it's coloring everything that I'm saying right now. And, and hopefully I'll, I get to go on my rant later and, and get it out of my system. But I, you know, what striker? Because Richie Larea is a known commodity and this mythical Tam striker is just that, a mythical Tam striker. If I'm comparing Richie to a person, then maybe my attitude changes. But if we're talking about using Richie's money on Striker X, absolutely not. I'm going for the known commodity. I can't, we can't possibly make this team any worse for fear that it will fall apart under its own inertia. So I just, I'm I'm unwilling to, to ante the one guy.
1: Yeah. It depends on what the situation for Richie is. If it's a permanent buyer, if it's a, just a loan extension. Um, Right. Like if you could, I mean, it, it really, in the end of the day, uh, I suspect if he stays, it's a loan extension. I don't really see TFC yeah, shelling out transfer money to get him back permanently. It will be an extension to the end of the season, and then they'll kind of figure it out in January. Um, but would I trade him for a Tam level striker? Well, what Tam level striker? Like who is? Yeah, exactly. He, right. Exactly, like that. That's the exactly. question. In the end of the day, like I, if it's the if it's a guy, I think that really makes sense and fits what we need from an attacking perspective. Yes. Why? Because I think you can live with Kobe Franklin as your right back. Um, and now, am I saying that that is definitely the long term solution? And Kobe should always play right? No, not necessarily. But if you're looking at priority of issues right now, defensively, that's actually not your biggest um, issue at the moment. Actually, a lot. I'm not saying defensively you've been fixed. You're not perfect. Mm. But, um, you know, I I would say that, you know, if you can live with Kobe there, I know you you lose a little bit of that going forward ability from Richie. I I get that in that sort of connection with Bernadeski but again you know it, it, you know i'm getting turned on this idea that like you may need a striker now right like it, you may need somebody who can pot in some chances because these games aren't being lost 3-1 or 4-1 right it's you're fair. losing you're fair. drawing 1-1 0-0 losing 2-1 you know mm-hmm. these are opportunities where you have if you can get somebody who can pot those important goals you know, some of those draws to maybe turn to win. Maybe you don't deserve to win all of them, um, mm. but that's not really how MLS works all the time.
2: It's an interesting question, Mike. So do you think that we're better served? Because we have a problem closing out games, right? Do you think that we're better served with a striker that can, instead of like trying to close out a 1-0 lead, a guy who makes it a 2 nothing game or a 3 nothing game? Or do you think it's a matter of, it might not even be a player, but a mentality thing, you know, just figuring out how to play a full ninety minutes, uh, and and defending the lead. What what do you think better services that?
1: So you are no. talking about sing, yeah, or me? No, you. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, great question. Um, I think at the end of the day, right now, I think you need somebody who can score a late goal, or you can find somebody who can score that that winning goal. I think defensively, I think I you're that. okay. I, I again, not perfect, but I think you're okay. Um, and I think generally you can carry yourself through most games defensively. It is that sort of playing out of the back, keeping possession uh and then finding somebody who can score a goal for you sometimes out of nothing, sometimes out of you may only get one really great chance through build up play. um but right now they just don't have that guy. you're you're really relying on insignia Bernard or, Bern- or Bernadeski to create something out of nothing. And I think you do need somebody up top. Again, do I think it needs to necessarily be a DP? If you get them, great. If if not, and it's a Tam level player and it's somebody who's proven, um then sure. Uh again, I I it, I preface this by saying, I gotta know who mm-hmm. it is. I gotta have somebody who's got yeah. track records. So, you know what I mean? so
2: Mikey's saying, let me let me turn the question to you and let me expand on it. Do you really think that a 2-0 lead, the most dangerous score in all of football, is going to solve TFC's draw issue? Do you think that this team is fixed if they go into the half or if they go into the 65th minute at 2-0 as opposed to 1-0? Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know if it's that absolute in that black and white. No, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm
2: spitballing. I'm spitballing. I'm just I'm just... I'm just asking if if that to you, well, you know, if they've got a multi-goal lead, does that fix this sort of lack of concentration? It, because the team's got to score two instead of one, right? Like simple math.
0: math. Well, in, in soccer, yeah, I think that if you'd like more, you like a bigger lead, no matter what. Does it fix? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the I think the biggest reason why they're drawing a lot of games is that not necessarily a lack of concentration. I think it's more so just the fact that something Bob Bradley said earlier, their margins are really slim. Like they don't create a lot of chances and, you know, they don't give Mm. up a ton either, but regardless, it it just takes one moment within a match to, to score. And like I said, TFC don't create a lot of those one single moments. So um, yeah, sure. They're, they're better defensively. Uh, There's no question about that, but they're also way worse offensively right now Mm in the, objective for bob and his coaching staff is going to be how do you widen that margin for your team more offensively and obviously as we know this team needs a striker now yeah, yeah, it will it come at the expense of richie larrea Pro- honestly probably not it probably won't come at that expense um hmm. richie's a guy that this team knows his value sees his value he's a guy that's literally especially when they were everybody was injured he was the guy for this Toronto oh, FC guy. team, that mm-hmm. kept them somewhat afloat. I know they didn't really pick up too many points, but at least he kept them like competitive in matches. His mentality on the field, you could, you could always see it, right? Yeah. Um, so, the biggest factor, I guess, is going to be also what Richie Laureate wants. I wonder, and this is just me speculating. I do wonder if the last two months or so have changed what he would like out of his career, right? Because in my opinion, Richelieu is definitely still good enough to go to Europe. 100% in my opinion, he has the potential to play in Europe. Is he a Premier League player? No, probably not. But I think he's definitely a championship level player. Or he could go to the Bundesliga or he could go to i don't know the belgian league or the french like he he has he has yeah. options right um maybe that's what he wants for the rest of his not his career but this window between now and the next world cup to ensure that he's stays in john herman's 11 because right now yeah. he has a place there based on the way he was playing here for tfc but you do wonder if if the environment that's been this club this past season has maybe not yeah you may be looking at mark anthony may- and
2: going if i stay at tfc that's it for my uh, my international career
0: yeah I, I wouldn't go that far because i think richie is i mean i think he's like he's better right he's yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but just but
2: just what's around just looking at like well this place may be you know the yeah. the, the death stop
0: right yeah yeah exactly it's also like what does that do for his mentality and how much is that Mm -hmm. taking a toll on him because we know how much Richie wants to win and how important it is for him to win yeah is the environment there at the club right now the one that he wants to be in? and maybe that the answer is yes you know maybe the answer actually is behind the scenes he believes it's a good environment for him he's here with his family obviously his family is really supportive and that's really important to him as well just how happy his family is. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe the answer is Toronto is the spot that he wants to be. But it's also, like I said, I, I do think that that it's going to come down to kind of what he wants here. And maybe that decision is already made, we'll see.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I, I think that would you want to lose him? No, but if you do have to lose him, you're going to have to replace him in some way. Right. And, and I'm not saying it mm-hmm. has to be direct right back swap, but maybe it is taking that money and getting yourself a, a striker. And and speaking of that, like obviously going into the second game of this week in New England, uh, another away mm-hmm. game against the third best team in the league who you've already dropped a two nil uh, reverse fixture decision to back in early May. Look, like, like I said, they're the, the third in the East, This means they're third in the league overall on 33 points. Um, Carlos mm-hmm. Hill, Bobby Wood, Gustavo Bo, we all know who the danger people are on New England. Um, and they were able to get offload Josie Altidore, so we're now technically paying, paying Josie Altidore to not play football, period. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or go to the Grand Prix in Montreal, as he was at this weekend. Um, but... Uh, Again, it's one of these games where I don't hold out a lot of hope um, for this team. Gillette is never, a house of horrors. They, yeah, they never done yeah. well in Gillette. Uh, so that's, yeah, when we were that, good,
2: we were still losing at Gillette. So yeah. I mean, what what are we what are we thinking? Like okay, so I, okay
1: on. If not to be completely macabre and drab for this entire mm. um, podcast, I I will say that again. The the the, the we'll call it seventy minutes against mm-hmm. Nashville, maybe a little less. Maybe they, they kind of tailed off a little after halftime, um, which is a still a bit of a concern. Um, they looked better. And I know that's not a lot to hang your hat on um, for fans it's, right yeah. now. Uh, mm-hmm. But they did look better. They did look like a team that was up at least up for the fight. If, if everything mm-hmm. isn't clicking in terms of tactically and connecting passes and things like that, They were looked like they were up for the fight and they did look like they were fighting for each other. And that that Mm -hmm. I think is important to keep in mind, especially because of the way that article came out and the things that were said, the things that have been alleged um, and the way things could have gone after that article. Right. Like very realistically, we could have had that article and just everything that bottom falls out, everything tanks, Mm -hmm. Everybody yep. looks like they've just, I'm one out. This is nonsense. fair. That's a fair and point. And that has not quite happened um, to this team. And you have to give them some credit for that, right? Like, I, you know. Agreed. However, of course, there is reality. And <laughs> The reality is you are going, you know, you've in the last three games played the three best teams in the league. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back to Nashville before the break. So, you know, you now come out of this stretch. Maybe you don't get any points. Maybe you get a point. And now you start looking at the table and you start wondering, you know, are, are is it already too many teams to jump, right, to try to get into that playoff spot? Like, technically, they're not that far out from a points perspective, but there were a lot of teams yep. ahead of them uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the playoff spot. And then you have this little uh, issue of one Lionel Messi coming to the dead last team in the league uh, next month. Um, yeah, with
2: with Sergio Busquets apparently
1: and, 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 and Jordi Alba, Alba and, uh, so and, we uh, don't know how that's going to work out. We no one knows how that
2: will work out. It could turn out to be a disaster. We don't know, um, mm-hmm. but I think we can agree this is terrible timing. This is absolutely the worst timing. I mean, especially when you consider all the things you just said. That you know, baby steps. They were certainly taking them. There was there was they, they looked like a team. You know, not a good team, a mid team out there, but. They look like a team, which is more than we can say for some uh, occurrences over the season. And then, boom, they're going to lose some of that spine. And so all all of that, you know, fibrous material that was being connected between the players, all the chemistry that was being developed, the trust that was being developed, is now in the mixer again. So not only is it bad timing because of what we're up against, but it's bad timing because of who we can potentially field to take on these games. It's just a collision of of bad timing.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it doesn't get a lot easier after this stretch doesn't. right? Um, Because you start playing a couple of Saturdays, uh, Saturday Wednesdays, leading up to League's Cup. Uh, And then, of course, you'll have to see how far Canada's run is in the Gold Cup um, for uh, both Richie Larea and Jonathan Osorio. Um, If said Richie Larea ends up staying with TFC, we'll see. Um, but again, I I don't, I I don't want to necessarily be completely negative on this, right? Mm -hmm. If TFC can find a couple of wins in this stretch, right? Like again, they don't have to be pretty. No one's saying that they got to look like they're playing the most fluid football. Dare I say they're not far out of it, right? And they, and they could find a way back into at least a puncher's chance of getting to the playoffs. It's, it's possible, Though hmm. so it is a difficult, they they've left themselves in an incredibly big if they mountain get,
2: If they get results over this stretch, I think it's like the 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 final act in Rudy, or 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 you know, like there's going to be champagne and Heineken bottles in the locker room, and it might do wonders for team morale because it's a it's a tall it's a tough ask what we're what we're staring down the barrel of.
1: Absolutely. Just to just so we wrap up this uh, segment here. So Mm -hmm. the upcoming matches for Toronto FC just in this stretch before Leagues Cup, obviously Cincinnati on Wednesday, New England on Saturday, Uh, Canada Day, home to RSL, who are actually been pretty good this season. Um, Mm -hmm. July 4th, they're in Orlando, um, a tough place to go. Um, They get St. Louis at home on July the 8th. And just before Leagues Cup, it is uh, Chicago Fire in Chicago. Um, a game I
2: will be at um, uh, on July 15th. (laughs) Exactly. I have seen that movie and you're right. Uh, The Big Green, check it out. It's a good one. Um, Two things that I didn't want to forget. You know, we are a little bit doom and gloomy uh, for obvious reasons. But one thing that I want to mention that I think is important is, you know, we've been laughing about the ascent of FC Cincinnati, but we ought to also look at it and go this is crazy MLS and this crazy insane leave that we love has this kind of parody. Like this is not exclusive an experience to FC Cincinnati. Like look at what St. Louis city is doing right now. It's not that far. It, it feels like we're at the bottom of a bot or like we're, you know, falling into a bottomless pit right now. But you look at Cincy two, three years ago, they never would have expected to be where they are this quickly. So, it can all turn around and it can all turn around quickly. I'm not saying it's going to happen for TFC over the next, the next couple of games, but I am saying that we should always bear that in mind, even as we're being, uh, you know, uh, 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 this, this critical, let's call it. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Okay, guys, let's, let's change gears a little bit. Um, oh, obviously God. next week, we'll recap the last two games uh, and see how TFC fair hails They can come out and win both games and we're eating all our words, which, I'll be happy to do if they come away with six points in
2: these two games. Yeah. If you uh, guys think it wasn't doom and gloom enough, tune in because here we go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, uh, quick reactions here uh, from both of you. Canada get mm-hmm. to Nations League, uh, to Nations League finals, um, comfortably beat Panama 2 0 uh, in the semi, uh, and then play the United States, who um, just on a really side, this might have been the worst Mexico team I've ever seen. There. Um, God during awful. these final, they were not good. He was, um, he was
2: sacked today. He was. Mexico
1: okay. Manager. Yeah. 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 Four um, months, uh, well, job, yeah, man. makes sense. Um, because mm-hmm. they were poor. Uh, but anyway, the United States beat them three nil. Then we get to a final. It's Canada's first final in 23 years after the uh, gold cup that uh, we all know um, about. But uh, look, it, I don't they don't like fall flat. To swear like, let's it, let's, let's they call what it is. They the they, 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 yeah. they fall flat. It's two 0 mm-hmm. They were never it never really felt like they were fully in it, um. And they were beat by a vastly better team, um, in, in the U.S. I wanted to mm-hmm. get both your thoughts uh, on this game because there's been a lot of commentary mm-hmm. in in uh, in this from the post game comments of John Herdman, uh, the post game comments of Atiba Hutchinson, which of course this was his last game, and we'll get to Atiba in a second. Mm-hmm. but just your thoughts on where is the national team now? We're we're now past the world cup. We're now past sort of the magic of qualifying.
2: We're, we're now almost a in a position. That.
1: Well, yeah, but even just that it, it's more that mm-hmm. we're now past this whole, Oh my God, Canada soccer, the men's team's actually really good. Now it's now kind of not an expectation time, but kind of in the now show it time mm-hmm. um, for this team. So similar to TFC in terms of the questions of what is the, the union, what is the union in Canada?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And- well, I mean, talking about the comments, everybody's burying the lead. The lead is is that Canada was dreadful. The lead isn't about you know where the blame uh, is; it's that Canada was dreadful, and I think it's getting superseded by 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 conversations and avoidance tactics and the same old same old finger pointing and lack of accountability. I mean, it's not the CSA's fault that they were that flat and tactically naive. It just isn't. And it's not a money issue because, you know, I I work in an industry where the solution is often throw money at the problem. And I can tell you that it works maybe 50% of the time, but everybody thinks it's going to work 100% of the time. To dumb this down to faceless, uh, uh, platitudes about you know the, the 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 perceived quality gap or that there's not enough money for this or, or that or, the, or not enough camps does a disservice to what was out there which is they just didn't want it and you know i'm prepared to excuse the world cup performances i don't gloss over i don't i i, I don't say you know months after the fact in the cold light of day i am prepared to gloss over some of World Cup as big game jitters. You know, first time there in years, young team, et cetera, et cetera. It's starting to become habitual now. And I don't like the fact that now maybe Canada's ceiling is a flat track bully. We can destroy CONCACAF teams outside of a certain few. But when we meet, when, when we find ourselves in big games, we are our own worst enemy. I think that that's an important thing to to recognize. We did this to ourselves. I mean, they beat the US beat beat us to every 50-50. They were the first to every ball. They just wanted it more. You know, and let's not under let's not forget that this is a US team that was massively depleted. Going into that game, we were celebrating those red cards because they were all on the right side of the Americans' defense. We figured Alfonso Davies would have a field day with them. You know, there's a there's a there's a disconnect between what we want and what this team actually is and i don't think enough ink is being spilled on that it's looking for easy answers you know i i don't need anybody to tell me that the canadian soccer federation has less money than the u.s soccer federation i mean of course right so to lament that that's why we're not equal then we might as well hang up our boots because in our lifetimes we're not going to see equality between what the United States Soccer Federation spends on development and what Canada is capable of to spend on development. And I also think it's very disingenuous to say that in a country where MLSE exists. I mean, what, what is, what do American MLS pundits say often? Toronto is ambitious. They spend, uh, you know, MLSE is ambitious and they spend MLSC is a Canadian company. So to just blanket statement that, you know, Canada is at a cost disadvantage, that's, only well, scratchy has surface, nothing to really do with maybe it's team. not really. Well, maybe maybe it's about the difference between how the national team is run and in this case I'm talking about the CSA and how MLSE is run, which is a much more American style of of making, you know, overspending and, and and that sort of and that sort of thing. Maybe that's the question that needs to be asked as opposed to pointing out the obvious, which is we don't have as much money as the US Soccer Federation, which I think solves nothing and and achieves nothing. You know, there's so much noise and smoke and mirrors trying to cover what's a lot more obvious than that. And that's my initial rant.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think it was just the timing of John Herman's statements. I I get I get what John Herman's saying and he's not wrong. It's just that's not what anybody really wanted to hear in that particular moment. And I get why Herman's doing it because his role as head coach of the Canadian men's national team is a lot bigger than actually being the head coach of the Canadian yeah. men's national team. Yeah. And that's that's why for me, like, I love John Herman in his position because he gets that, and he's so good and so eloquent at finding ways to effectively communicate stuff that's just bigger than than what's happening on the pitch. Um. So he's really good at that. Again, though, just he he missed. He missed kind of what, what I think fans wanted to hear after what was quite honestly a really uninspiring performance. In, it's in the worst final I've seen made...
2: it in them in years since 2019.
0: Sure, yeah, In yeah, I, I mean I can't really argue that, but like, it was a final and it was there for the taking and they didn't show up. A couple things that I noticed, mm-hmm. I think John Herman in particular got wrong. Um, first one Scott Kennedy, throwing oh, him in. Yuck. I get into why. a final. I get why against the United states. Well, it was also preventable. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 started the game because Stephen Vittoria played ninety minutes against Panama. Steven Vittoria did not have to play ninety minutes against Panama. That was yeah. a choice mm-hmm. by John Herman to play Victoria, one hundred percent, knowing that Scott Kennedy would be able to, or would, fill in for. For in that center back role, yeah, that's a tough, tough, tough ask for Herman, especially in the, center, the center of defense against a really motivated and fresh and new U.S. men's national team striker. And Scott Kennedy was yeah, just absolutely not, not up for it. Next thing I noticed was, I mean, in a game against the U.S., you need your best players to be your best players, and I think yeah, we're not. in particular, obviously, Alfonso Davies. Had a pretty bad game. Stefan Estakio mm-hmm. wasn't Stefan that Was rinsed uncharacteristic.
2: often. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was uncharacteristically, like, giving the ball away. Um, had some poor touches that we haven't really seen Estakio have. And then you had Jonathan David, who was kind of invisible. Tejon Buchanan, you know, we can talk about the decision not to start him, but even when he did come on, he had 11 touches in 30 minutes. Yeah, he was anonymous. Pitch. Yeah, and yeah. I would say like five, six of those touches were in his own box when he decided to hang on to the ball for too long and almost gave the ball Mm -hmm. away. Um, Alfonso Davies and Estakio, they combined to give the ball away 53 times. Davies 33 times, Estakio 23 times. And I get it, like both of them are trying to make plays, but that's not what both of them usually do. So for me, like when your best players aren't being your best players on a night like that, that's uh that's not a recipe for success and I don't know like is it is it because Herman didn't set it up is it because their best players were trying to do a little bit too much like for me Alfonso Davies like the last 15 minutes of the game like he tried to kick the team on his back yeah yeah but like in almost a screw you guys kind of way if you know what I mean I agree it's almost like yeah no I agree and I get it like he is obviously the best player, and he's head over heels so much better than everything he's seeing on the pitch and everyone who's on the pitch. But, yeah, there were some moments last night I thought he took it just slightly, slightly, slightly um, too far in some mm-hmm. certain instances where he had advantages and decided to take a wild swing. I don't think he even got shots off on some of them either when yeah, there were other said, options Definitely put into the orbit. Pitch. So. Yeah, 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 there were a few that are still so, that are still
2: we're waiting them to come back down.
0: So yeah, yeah, not not their best players' nights overall in that one, and I, I think John Herman, in, in addition to that, definitely got his setup and his tactics wrong. Knowing that he had so to switch long. his formation like three, four times throughout the course of the match, that's when you know, like, yeah, didn't really didn't really set up for this one. So yeah, when we say on on multiple levels, just wasn't good enough. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. wasn't good enough on on a game in which they have to be good enough because it's a trophy, it's a final. And when John mm-hmm. Herman often talks about twenty twenty six, you don't you don't get second chances, so you have nope. to make it count. So they didn't make it yeah, count. You have to learn can...
2: from these. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean no. You are
0: Well, you have to learn
2: from these moments, and that's why I am so frustrated because I don't know if I see the learning from these moments. I think the lesson from the world cup is to not let the not to play the occasion and then we see it again now we can take some comfort in the fact that Alphonso Davies is 22 i mean this team has a lot of growth to do but i think the question should be asked is john herbman the guy to take them there because his comments after it's it, I, I agree with you i like a coach that is willing to put themselves in the in the crosshairs to to lessen the load on his players. And and I think this was some of that. But it's the same old, same old we've been hearing from Herdman since he was the coach of the Canadian women's national team. We understand that that there's not a lot of money. We understand that you're not getting all the camps you would like. We understand that, you know, everything's a bit wonky. But the other teams are de- like fixture congestion. The, does the U S not have players that are, that have played just as much as Fonzie and David and, and, and in the respective club seasons, it's almost like, you know, we're, we're playing the victim and at the excuse of logic, like him saying that, that the CSA is, is, isn't well run run is like saying the sky is blue at this point. It's not enough for me. And, and when you mess up on tactics, it's almost a deflection. Like I wanted some more per I wanted accountability. I want accountability. And if I'm not going to get it spelled out for me in the post game press conference, I want to see incremental growth. You know, I don't, what's so depressing to me about last night is that this feels habitual that Canada is amazing at bossing minnows but they get into their own head when they fight, when they, when they play against the big boys Yeah, and, they, and they're a shrinking violet. And, and, you know, I'll ask you this, had that Laren shot when it was nil, nil, what was it like in the first 15 minutes, had that gone in, had it been better placed, do you think it would have been an entirely different game?
1: No, I don't either. No. And I'll tell S- you why, and I'll say, I'll say Why? and i get like a lot of people are putting a lot of blame on the on the national team they're putting a lot of blame on herdman on the csa on csb which will ultimately get brought up again i get mm-hmm. all of that here's just the facts the united states men's national team are better than canada right now they just mm-hmm. just they're they're just better they're just better evolved um, they 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 were just simply better. Like every like I don't in know every, if I agree with that. It's, oh, fair enough. But I mean, right now this team doesn't have a G arena It doesn't. It doesn't quite mm-hmm. have a Christian Pulisic in that way. You know, you you're you, right now the best player in Concacaf was Christian Pulisic on the on the night. The best striker was Francis Baldwin and he's just in the second game in Concacaf. Mm-hmm. So you know, from that perspective, well, that was such a coup for them. That was yeah, of course. It's a coup massive coup for them, for them yeah. of course. But, you know, yeah. like, in the end of the day, it just the, the U.S. men's national team is just... They've played bigger games. It showed. It just showed. They've and played I, bigger it, games, th- and they know how I to handle it. I think that's
2: what it is. They know how to handle the situation. But that's what I'm, I'm saying. saying I Canada, I'm yeah, saying Canada... Yeah, and, and that's, what I, that's what I say when I say I don't think that the U.S. are markedly better quality-wise. I think they have more depth, but I think that their mentality wins the day they don't let the occasion get the better of them or they use it as a fuel in a way that we expected Canada to that they just didn't I just you think know? in
1: key areas the men's national the U.S. men's national team are better than us in key, in key areas there's, Right? Like- there's
0: three three positions in which they're better than us mm-hmm. goalkeeper which yeah. by the way Milan Borean another howler last night in my opinion yeah, yeah um, absolute howler the header we, yeah. we, we yeah. need we do need a solution a better solution mm-hmm. probably in goal and I love Milan but yeah, I think his yeah. time might be up there. Heal up that they, leg, Maxime, as quickly as possible. Better just center, center back. back. Yeah, yeah, better center back. And yet. then yeah. they have one better center mid because I think I still think Gasak is the best center mid in CONCACAF. I do, I really do. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. And um, I'll hear I, I get I it, McKin, McKinney's up there, but I still think Gasak is the best center mid in CONCACAF.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, like I just think I just think overall in terms of the big game experience, they're better, and, and this did not shock me. In I I agree. The, I. Yeah, one hundred percent, and and I and I think that overall, you know, not to to, to belabor the point because I do want to get to Atiba, but I think that mm-hmm. overall, I I I am not convinced that John Herdman is the guy to take you to where you need to go long term. I think I am, he is I a very good, that. if you could keep him as a, you know, as again, somebody who's more on the administrative side that could help, again, either raise that money or something like that. I think he's great at that. I think you do need somebody who can tax is He, he,
2: do he complains tax whenever money. they put a microphone in his mouth that he doesn't have any. Is that, well, is but at the same money. time, he's <laughs> also good at raising that
1: money, right? Like he is sure, very, sure. very good at raising that money during that qualifying campaign. That's what he was doing. and He was doing it very mm-hmm. well. So if that is, you know, I do think tactically they need some changes. I do think overall there, there are things to like within the national team right now in terms of when they decide to put the ball on the ground and play, they can play Mm -hmm. it's there. And they had moments where things were coming off, but I don't think this is a team right now that can handle big moments. Now the world cup qualifiers, a lot of people say, well, the U S game was big, big game. Mexico was big games. For sure, they were they were big games, but I there wasn't think, a trophy at the but end. But it was no, and I mean, look, it was a nation. They were bigger games big, than this. Yeah, where were the, the national nation's my like, That big a deal? I think the like trophy changes
2: is. everything, and we saw it last night. Yeah, I for think sure. The, the, been, the, the
0: shiny, shiny. Would you rather the trophy than qualifying for the World Cup?
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So it's not a bigger but, game. Well, I mean, it's a big I think game. I don't think it's a bigger game. It's. It. I. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's a bigger game, but I do think that the consequence of there being a trophy on the line turned this team into a shadow of their former self. But
1: I think and the difference a, in World Cup qualifying to be addressed. I think the difference in World Cup mm. qualifying is they caught some of these guys off guard. I think they caught them off guard. Yeah. Uh, they're not catching them off guard again, right? And and I that's think that's fair.
0: Yeah, that's, and I, that's there's f- also fair, but one thing mm. we're beating around too. Like, do you think this fact is in at all that they were playing in the states? Like, how much of a factor is that playing a road game? I don't think it doesn't. Away from home?
2: I don't think it doesn't. I think that that the people that are screaming, you know, that that the U.S.'s record is is unnaturally inflated by how many home games are maybe over over exemplifying it a little bit. I don't think it didn't matter, but I mean, that just it feels like losers' laments. Like you know, this, when the team comes out that flat after the fact, you can't bemoan the fact that it was an away game because it didn't matter. Like they could have been playing it in space. And if they play it like that, they're going to lose 10 out of 10 times, Right. So, so to me, that's, that's my issue is that, you know, all of these things after the fact are smoke and mirrors to what I said, the lead is being buried. They were dreadful on the night. Um, it's, a, it's becoming a pattern that this team wilts when the heat is on. And I, I, Don't want to see. I, I, some there, there, there's a mental block or a a physical block. I just, pardon, a young team. It's still a well that that, I take so much comfort in that. It's still such a young team. I can't believe that is only 22 years old. It's if it's a
0: final too, and and it's not just you, Jeff. I've seen this narrative go around. But if it's Mm. their first final in 24 years or 23 years, why is it becoming a pattern that this team can't? Well, because I'm taking the world. I'm taking the World Cup as also big games. But that's oh, what I mean. about that world cup a lot like i think we all agree that they were pretty good in the world cup and aside I, from that, I, croatia i i mean
2: they were pretty good they would have been fantastic if if you know jonathan david had shown up if tejon had shown up if fonzie had shown up you know they did all right but it was still three three and done can i you ask know, i'm you? not i'm not gonna i'm not popping confetti
1: yeah, let me just ask this. Do okay. we think do we as Canadian fans have overblown expectations for this national team right now? 100 percent We yeah.
0: Yeah, but in a great way. It's and it's a great, a, it's great, a great way. way.
1: It's a great way to have it, but but in the same time and, and
2: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for wanting my team to win and being passionate when they when they lose. You know, I think it, it's I don't wanna dismiss it as being like overtly Canadian to ask those kind of questions like, are we being too excited? We should maybe we should be less excited. But I also want to go there because I don't think we should apologize for that kind of headstrong. I mean, I think I think occasionally we get a little lost in in the criticisms when we're when we're trying to turn gray into black and white. But I don't think it's unfair that, you know, passionate fans passionately want to win passionately. Right? No, 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 I, for sure. Yeah. I just, I just also think uh, mm-hmm. very
1: passionately, but also, yeah, I want you to win know, passionately. Just the, the, the fact Warrior that this, this national team is just not there yet. It's not <laughs> there at a cup winning level. Yeah how how far away do you think they are? Oh, I, I don't think they're. I, I mean, twenty twenty six. I like they're not. I would say it would almost be after twenty twenty six. Like when they, they get through this process, I don't think they're. I don't think this I is a disagree. team.
0: Ready to I think they're so. I, I think they're so damn close. I mean, they are so damn close. They're in a final yesterday against the States, It's a yeah. team that they have beaten a year ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's one of those things. Anything where you gotta, can you happen show in ninety me.
0: minutes.
2: I actually talked to an American sure. fan and said, you know, he was like, "Good game," and I go, "Oh my god, we were so pathetic," and I don't want to talk about it. And he said it reminded me of how pathetic we were at Tim Hortons Field. So that sure. that was an interesting, an interesting and
0: that, little exchange. And that's what I mean. So I actually i i the reason why I have high expectations for this team is because I genuinely believe that this team has the potential to be the best team in this region. I I mm-hmm. genuinely genuinely I believe that, and I I agree with you too. Mike. I, the U.S. are a better team on paper. They are way deeper on paper. They have guys that are left off of their rosters in every single tournament that are playing overseas in some league or another and that are good promising up-and-coming young players canada don't really have that luxury quite yet um that being said and i actually agree with stephan Astakio when he says this i there's i take a lot of canada's players over any Me other too. player on the united states in that particular position um like, would, I would you take Belugan take... over Jonathan David? Never. Never. I mean, that one's close, <laughs> but I'd probably still... I'd honestly probably still lean Jonathan David. Me too. Um, that being said, like, I mean, along the same lines, I also agree with Estacchio that I like Canada's 11 versus USA's 11. I do. I think Canada have more game breakers in their eleven than the U.S. actually have in their eleven. Now that obviously wasn't the case mm-hmm. in in yesterday's match, but that being said, I I still believe that's the case uh, for honestly the next couple of years. Because like you said, Mike, this team's very young. Um, we'll see what happens, but Canada desperately need to figure out that center back position. They need someone to replace Stephen or Stephen Victoria because he can't go forever. They need someone mm-hmm. new in goal, and they need a central midfielder. We'll see who emerges, but they absolutely need one. Well, and that's on why that. I note-
1: don't think they're that close. They need to find hmm. those answers. But I that's... don't know where those
2: answers are right now.
1: They're not. I mean, Kone
2: came them. out of nowhere. We, I, I do think no, we have I, I, those absolutely. Answers. You could find a player that comes out I of nowhere.
1: How many players do you really find that come out of nowhere like that? There's not a ton, right? That I mean, look at our starting, starting eleven. Owner. We've
2: got. We've got the Elster Johnstons, we've got the Kones, we've got the Jonathan Davids. Like, if anything, our best eleven right now is testament to how much untapped talent there is around there that can go from, you know, playing League One Ontario on a Thursday to, you know, suiting up for Glasgow Celtic on a on a Saturday. So so to me it's 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 the mental block. I, I have okay. I have such faith in the skill of our players but i never know what team i'm going to get you know i don't know what team i'm going to get and i do think that that leads us back to the gaffer because the one constant in these big game capitulations has been an almost comical naivete in tactics you know an almost co- tragicomic naivete in tactics like like not, not giving any respect or too much respect it's always extremes, which is why I keep hearkening back to his post-game comments, where he speaks in absolutes. You know, if only we, you know, if only we had this this camp, we would have this, and we would have that. That's totally disingenuous. And and then I'm I'm not seeing. I think he's a great motivational speaker. I think you cannot undervalue what he did to this program through the World Cup campaign. I think his skills attracting dual nationals. Mm, taking a bit of a hit. I'm th- I'm talking about the Aiden Morris's of the world. And what was his response there? We need more camps. Well, you know, you're, that's, that's just throwing blame I mean, somewhere wrong. else. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But that's too much your fault, not enough. What can I be doing better? And that I want that accountability, and I'm not getting it. You know what I mean? Because there, there's a big part of me that thinks that John Herdman is now thinking – Maybe he thinks maybe he thinks the BS that he's that he's spewing out, which is it's not. But my it's fault not, and any you know, and 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 I just want an admission of, of some guilt. Okay, Mike, wrap wrap up. wrapped up this thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, like the last thing I'll say on that is that I I don't think Herman is using that platform to talk about the game itself. He's using that platform to push for better in Canada soccer, which, as we all agree on this show, needs to happen. And Herman. Ooh doesn't have a lot of ways of doing that despite when he gets the microphone so when he does get the microphone it's a big moment everyone's watching he's asking mm. for more out of canada soccer which is what you want that's, you want that's fair that's fair you want someone pushing for that you want someone pushing for more cans you want someone pushing for more youth cans because we all want it and herman gets that mm-hmm. and he understands it and it, it's affecting him more so than almost anyone else in that in that national team program so like when i said what he's saying is it wrong it's not, mm-hmm. but it's it's the moment the and I you, Jeff, you would have wanted to hear him say, you know, I didn't get that my game plan right in this game. Yeah. Something along those lines, right? But he just chose that moment to, to spew the message, which I think is for the greater good of this program. You know, it might not have been appeasing the fans yeah. on on the night on the night of or the day after or the weeks after, mm-hmm. but the hope is that yeah. it, it gets more out of the program in the years leading up to 2026 um quickly i'd love to just hear your your thoughts about mark anthony k and Mm. him being left off canada's roster for both the nations league final and and the gold cup were you guys surprised by that in, in any way mike we'll start with you. were you surprised for Nations League, no, not surprised. Um,
1: pretty much a call that he should not go. I, I thought he would get into the Gold Cup squad um, as sort of, again, one of those players that kind of can bridge the generations between the younger players and the the more veteran players on the, mm-hmm. n- the national team. Am I shocked that he's not going to the Gold Cup? Again, not really. I don't think his form has merited um, no. a call-up at this point. Uh, and if you were thinking about starting to find who are the next players that could possibly slot in heading into 2026, then yep. you use the gold cup for that. And Mark Anthony K I don't think it serves you any good to then slot a player. You already pretty much have the book on.
2: Agreed. Agreed. His form, his form is, is not deserving of the call up. Um, and there are plenty, there is at least two, if you count Jebison, three players, that I'm uh well actually I can't remember the third one. So, you know, EK Ugbo not being on the squad was was more of a surprise than Mark Anthony K. Uh Jebison, I mentioned, uh, you know, even Liam Frazier, I mm-hmm. I think had had more of a chance of of being on this Gold Cup team than Mac. Mac, unfortunately has played himself out of contention for 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 these things. And and he also occupies like a weird middle ground between the A team and the B team and his form doesn't allow for it. So I w I wasn't surprised at all. I wasn't surprised at all. And I hope he takes it as a lesson and, and puts nose to grindstone with his club team, which just happens to be TFC uh, in, in an effort to, to, to get back into the national team picture.
0: Yeah. I'd love to hear the reasoning. I say exactly why he was left off. I mean, it's been a very, very, very long time. And even when he isn't playing games, He's kind of like one of those leadership guys for the men's national team, so in, I was I was really surprised to see him not included in either one of these camps, just because he's been included. Yeah, slightly surprised for as sli- long as I remember.
1: Yeah, slightly surprised about the gold cup, um, but I also understand if, if the idea is you want to look at some other players like Ali Ahmed has been called up from the Whitecaps, and obviously mm-hmm. Victor Torrey will probably play minutes, um, and obviously there's a you know there's a look at they're probably going to have a deeper look at David Weatherspoon coming back from injury now.
2: Right, yep. like Brim I, as
1: well. I, yeah. Right, I think there's there. You know, you want to look at. Jason oh, Matthew Russell Schwanier
2: well. was the was the third guy. I yeah, well, I the yeah, well, I thought Schwanier
1: would go as well, but mm-hmm. obviously not. Like to me, I'm still not sold on Charles Andreas Brim. They keep calling him up. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, but, hey, what happened
2: he, to Sam Piet? He disappeared off the. Well, map still hurt the
1: Canadian national team. He's still hurt. Yeah, as, yeah, uh, that's as true. far as that's I understand. So you know, last sir, go ahead.
0: Sorry, I was going to say last thing. Quickly, thirty seconds each. John Herman not bringing on Atiba Hutchinson in that game. I'm okay.
2: I wouldn't want to go on.
1: I'm okay with it. Like I like I mean I'm okay with it. I, I like I like. I get it. I I I probably in his mind he's thinking these are changes to try to get a goal, get yourself back into the game. Does Atiba really do that at this point in his
2: career? I don't know. Um if it was a home game, then I'd be upset. But it wasn't, you know. We had what twelve hundred Canadian fans there, uh, and we were getting absolutely schooled. I, I if 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 I had been a T, I would have said, you know, uh, what's that over there, and ran to the locker room. No,
1: he would have wanted to go on, obviously. And look, you think? He, yeah, I think. He, of course, he would. He's a competitor. He'll want to mm-hmm. go on. But um, in the end of the day, like, get him a testimonial here um, at home. Um, uh, get a friendly together and make it a testimonial uh and and, and that's how you can honor them. um that said i mean look thank you right like i tweeted yeah. out this weekend um the csa owe him a lot they owe him a mm-hmm. lot he he stuck around with his program probably longer and, and had more patience with it than he probably should have Um, Look, this guy almost walked away in 2017, 18. -hmm. Um, and basically was like, I'm done. Um, And, and, and was able to be called back essentially and convinced back by John Herdman. Um, And and so, you know, to me, his golden sort of walk off was being able to go out in the world cup and where he belonged um, and and captain the side that way. Um, So that's how I'll choose to remember that last game. Um, from that perspective, um, and all I can say is just thank you because he's, he's given it and he needs to be involved somehow. Um, I don't know what role that is, whether it's coaching. Oh, I'm sure he will. I just don't know what role it would be, but, Mm -hmm. um, he needs to be involved. He has his pick of him, Exactly. So, so so. so. (laughs) look, the, the, the organization owe him. Um, a lot of fans owe him, you know, he was forever on side. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and uh, and you know, thank you to a legend, an absolute legend. Um, Absolutely, it, it's funny too when you see comments. Just, I know you wanted thirty seconds, so I'll just wrap it up on this. When he, uh, sorry,
0: it's only been three minutes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, um, thirty seconds. What's
1: that? Uh, when he, when you, when you post about him, you will get the. Uh, you will meet more people from Turkey by posting about uh, Atiba Hutchinson than any other thing. So, if you ever want to meet nice. Turkish people, just to, you know, tweet about. Atiba Hutchinson, how great he is, and you'll you'll uh, find out. Okay, um, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up the show with the burning Mm. question presented by Next Door. The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you connect with the people and local businesses in your community. Uh, we'll be posting the burning question each week on uh, Nextdoor's TFC fan group uh a day early. So join uh by downloading the app or going to nextdoor.ca. Um so the question we asked this week, you know, in a disappointing season so far for Toronto FC, which player has pleasantly surprised you? Um, and a lot of great comments, generally the same sort of group of players. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll shout out a few here, um, Adam, on the uh, next door group uh tfc fan group says two that stand out to me are kobe franklin and deandre kerr love the energy that franklin brings a little bit of that richie fire loves to get stuck in has been super solid defensively in his opinion uh deandre uh seems to be the only attacker we have who has the speed to make penetrating runs something we sorely miss and gives him a few opportunities or gives them a few opportunities whenever he plays um uh, he expected Hedges, Johnson, and Loretta to be solid, so that doesn't surprise him. Um, a few other comments here from Twitter, just from Noel saying he is a very impressed with Jaquille Marshall-Ruddy, over 600 minutes played, starting to show some of the potential we've talked about. Um, also mentions Mibika and Franklin. And then finally, Blue Chip Prospects, just as a small sample size, but Coelho um, looked really sharp when he's played. Very interested to see if he can keep it up uh, with larger workload, um, see how he develops further um and then richard sorry just uh briefly mentions basically all three of the ones that we've mentioned before so a lot of the young players getting a shout here guys who are the players who have presently surprised you this season um
2: jeff i'll start with you well i mean the hipster choice is victor vasquez but i'm kidding uh everyone that was mentioned here i mean uh the reality is is that the kids for the most part are doing a job uh, and the, and the veterans are the ones that aren't, uh, which is fun considering the season that we had last year. Uh, I can't say anything that wasn't already said. Uh, I think, uh, if I had to choose one, if there was a gun to my head, it would be Alonso Cuelo, well, cause I love him. Uh, but yeah, I really can't argue.
0: Going with the Spaniard, of course, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, so these actually, since that, whatever, the article dropped, like, what, four games ago? Uh, Lorenzo Insigne has pleasantly surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. he, he actually has. Now that's the I, that's the hipster. That's the hipster. I, pig. Didn't, I love I it. I didn't think we'd get back that version of Lorenzo Insigne. Um, maybe ever in a ever. TFC shirt. So yeah. he's he's pleasantly surprised me in that respect. Good shout. Um Season as a whole, you know, some of the guys... I was thinking of, you've already mentioned, Kobe Franklin, of course. No one really expected him to emerge and play this role. Alonzo Coelho wasn't even supposed to be a first-team player this early. Ended up God. being a first-team player, and he was really good. I mean, Mabika, for a center back coming into a new team, uh, he looks like he has a really bright future, and for him to pick up the, you know, the identity and structure of this team as early as he did. I got to give him full credit. Uh, Richie mm-hmm. Larea, I mean, we Damn. talked about him already on this show for how good he's been, we know he can be this good, but for him to be this good for a sustained period of time while the team isn't, for him to play various positions throughout the season. By the way, John Herman had him at center. Man, I wonder if that's something TFC might consider if he stays beyond uh, <laughs> the mm-hmm. end of the month. Yeah, exactly. Um, that would give them some really interesting options in that 4-3-3 that Bob likes to play. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah and then the, for me the last one it, it's Matt Hedges for me I know I had question marks about Matt Hedges when he was coming over not necessarily about how good of a player he could be but how much he'd be able to impact those around him and I think Matt Hedges we already know the effect of when Matt Hedges is in the team and when he's not in the team and so when Matt Hedges is on the pitch uh, he makes such a big difference and that looks like it's stud- the an absolute stud of a signing, um, especially considering the price tag. I think that they got him. At. I actually think they got him at a pretty pretty big bargain. He's getting paid less than he was last season.
2: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, um, for me it's Kobe Franklin. That's my guy. Um, <laughs> yes, just uh, I, I just love what he's brought to the team. Um, and, and this is a guy that we've been tracking from the academy to TFC two. Um, and, and somebody something we thought would get a senior team deal. And now that he's got it, he's he's sort of taking both the opportunity and grabbing it with both hands. Um, and that's great. And you just want to see him to continue to get better and continue to improve and potentially even, you know, push for a starting job, depending what happens with Richie either now or in the future. Um, so for me, it is uh, Kobe Franklin. That is the player that's uh, impressed us, but continue to send those players through to us um, at Toronto till I die on Twitter um, it's a great way to get in touch with us and sort of let us know what you're thinking. Um, and just thank you again for uh listening uh, to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We'll be back again next Monday, recapping TFC's next two matches that we previewed here against Cincinnati on Wednesday and New England on Saturday. Um, big ask for all the viewers um, and listeners here who catch us either live or on the podcast forum give us a follow on Twitter. Um, Just go to the bird app and uh, type in at Toronto till I die. Um, Follow us there. We have um, really, really exciting news. Um, I know we mentioned it last show. It is going to be dropping this week. We have a contest, a giveaway contest. Um, So definitely going to want to keep an eye on our socials for that. Um, That is going to be dropping on the socials this week. And you'll see what you'll need to do in order to get yourself a sweet, sweet, Prize. Um Okay, uh, for Michael Singh and for Jeffrey P. Nesker, uh, Mike Newell, we'll see you all next week. Cheers, everybody. Bye.
0: And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.